What's going on everybody? My name is Kyron Montero. You're here on the Kyron Montero show. This is episode number five. Bang. Hitting you. Bam. I have the one and only Miss Charity Bailey, who is the executive director of the Economic Growth Council here in Grant County. Let's give a round of applause. Got Mother's Day coming up. That's right. Just around the corner. Just around the corner. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Happy early Mother's Day to all the... Absolutely. All the moms. All the moms. Matter of fact, let's let's start off with that. What is the struggles of being a working mom? Oh, man. Really? That's where we're starting, huh? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's dive into it. Oh, man. I tell you, moms have a lot to do. And uh, so much of it... People don't even see really, you know, I mean, I think about the course of my day and getting up early and even just today, I did a load of laundry when I got up, I ironed some things, you know, I cleaned the kitchen, folded some blankets, you know, so it's like, again, by the time I get in my car to come to work, I'm tired because <laughs> I did all this other stuff. And then after work, you know, there's kids, I have three kids, um, and, you know, it just sports, activities, all kinds of stuff that go on, you know, stuff around the house and, and full-time job that sometimes takes more than eight hours a day to do. And it's just a lot. Hmm. Sounds like a, sounds like a lot. Round of applause for all the, <laughs> all the moms. I think a lot of times I'll admit, I don't think uh, men who are fathers, I don't think we realize how much y'all endure at times from putting up with us and kids yeah. it's kind of like a kind of like a lot put you in a hot seat starting out so you're working in man but you're not from man so that's right tell us how how you grew up and what brought you here and how you got to where you are right now yeah so i am the daughter of a veteran okay my dad served 20 years in the coast guard and um him and my mom moved all over the country. Um, their marriage started in Connecticut, and then he was stationed in Alaska, and that's where I was born. And then we went from Alaska to New York, where my brother was born, and then we were in Florida and Louisiana and Virginia, and that's where I, I uh, graduated from high school in Virginia. Okay. And um, went to a big public high school. There were 500 people in my graduating class. Jeez. Yeah, and... Uh, Wanted to go to a small school for um, my undergrad degree, so I picked a small Christian school in Kentucky called Asbury, and um, that's where I met my husband, and we spent uh, 15 years in Lexington. Um, we spent a few years in Ohio um, working for a Catholic university there, um, and then back to Kentucky, and then uh, my husband took a position at Taylor, so that's what brought us to the area. Um, my bachelor's degree is in psychology, so all my jobs, well, I've had all kinds of random jobs. I never actually did like counseling or kind of the traditional psychology jobs I never fell into, but the degree has served me really well because it's always, it's come in handy in every job that I've had, just, you know, relating to people and listening and all of that, so... So when we moved, um, I was told to reach out to Tim Eckerley at the Growth Council because he knew lots of people 
and could maybe connect me to something. And I ended up getting hired at the growth council. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And as of January this year, you're not an executive director. So how has that journey been from you being with the growth council here? Yeah. So, um, I didn't think that I would ever be the executive director. I mean, Tim, Tim was there for 37 years and I actually worked there and then left. And when I left the two women that Tim hired, I, I thought for sure one of them was going to be the next director and felt really good about, about who those two ladies were. And, um, so when things changed and I was asked to come back, Again, I still didn't have the executive director position on the mind. You know, it was more of just getting, you know, getting Tim through retirement and kind of whatever was next, whoever that next director was. So when the board chose me, um, it's it's it was very honoring to be selected and for them to think that I had the abilities to run the organization. So uh, since January, it has been a whirlwind like I <laughs> I have not stopped. I think one of my first meetings was with you. Yep. It was. And, uh, in January and so um I've met some amazing people from startups to, you know, businesses, you know, and business owners like yourself who have been in it a year and coming out of COVID and what that looks like for business owners um but also just getting to know the big manufacturers and the the leaders in those companies and kind of everybody in between. It's been it's been a really really great, very busy first four months for me. Round of applause again for him. <laughs> so, you graduated with a degree dealing with psychology, right? Yep, I did. Yeah, so I graduated with my um, bachelor's degree. Um, 22 years ago yikes nice oh that hurts a bit um <laughs> yeah yeah ouch um <laughs> and then i uh, because of my first round at the growth council i decided to go back to school and get a master's degree um it's also in psychology but but uh with a focus on industrial organizational psychology and that was the direct um I don't know what the right word is, not correlation, maybe from my first three years at the growth council. Like I just really enjoyed workforce development and how organizations operate and what efforts can be put in place to make the organization be more efficient and what they can do to keep their employees. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Well, the reason I bring up psychology, because my wife has a degree, degrees, I should say, in social work. So she reminded me yesterday. Yeah, you need to give her a round of applause. Round of applause, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she did more schooling than I did. She'll be. I'll, I'll have her on here. I already told her that she's. <laughs> she's. Uh, she should be. Yeah, I'm. She. She's coming. But she told me that uh, May was the mental where mental health awareness. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nah, mm-hmm. mental health awareness month, which I wasn't aware of that. I don't really keep up. Um, with all the national days and awareness days, but with mental health, um, nowadays with social media mm-hmm. and just the whole landscape of social, mm-hmm. uh, communication has changed with humans. Like, how do you think social media has affected 
like modern day mental health issues. Oh, it's huge. And you know, I, I, I don't think it intended, I don't think that was an intended outcome of social media. I think it was meant to bring people together. Mm. Um, but when you combine social media with what we just came out of with COVID, um, I mean, mental health has kind of become a leading topic of interest. Um, obviously, the people who work in that industry full time know and have known that mental health was a big deal and, and the care for individuals was important. But I think coming out of COVID um, even shed more light on just how fragile we are as people and and that we're not meant to to be stuck in an apartment or to not be around coworkers. I mean, that's not how we were created to be, you know? And so, um, it's an unfortunate side effect of COVID for mental health and, and depression, anxiety, suicide, all of that is, is a very, very big deal. So I think that therapy is important. I've been in therapy, um, myself several different times in the past and it helped and it exposed my arrogance and things I needed to yeah. work on as a as a human being and as a man. But for people who don't trust that form yeah. of therapy, how else can people deal with with mental health? Because a lot of people do not want to mm -hmm. don't want to sit on the couch and tell somebody their problems. Sure, um, I would still I would encourage that as much as possible. I mean, counseling really is such a huge benefit. Um, but if they're not comfortable with that, the first thing to do is to just tell your family doctor, um, even in urgent care, let's say you go in because you have the flu or you're, you're just not feeling good. If you just tell them that, you know, there's something else going on, they can prescribe something potentially, um, or they can refer you to a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a licensed clinical, clinical mental health worker, to um to start helping you through that but um depression anxiety and other mental health health issues they're not going to go away on their own e even the toughest person can't um you can't fix that because mm. a lot of times it's a it's a brain chemical chemistry issue that um that needs to be addressed with a professional so sometimes it's a quick you know you can you can get it addressed within a matter of a few sessions and sometimes it's a lifetime, you know, battle to, to work through. Um, and so that's where getting somebody else involved. Another thing is, you know, if, if a person doesn't see a doctor regularly, even confiding in a, in a close friend, um, can sometimes help. Sometimes all you got to do is just talk about it. Just be like, man, I am really struggling today, you know, and this is what I'm dealing with and this is how I feel. Um, when you can do that with somebody that you trust and you can confide in, it can make a big difference. That's some, that's some good advice for people, for people listening. Speaking of mental health, I feel like people spend most of their lives at work. Yeah. Like Monday through Friday, Saturday, sometimes seven days a week. Mm -hmm. People spend a lot of time at work for people who hate their job. <laughs> how does that play on mental health. The, the reason I ask that is, is because I've worked in factories before and I hated it mm -hmm. and I felt miserable mm -hmm. and not because it was a bad job. 
-hmm. not because even the pay it was more so that just wasn't where i was supposed to be at Mm -hmm. i felt like i was supposed to add value in other areas so like what would be your advice to people who are mentally struggling Mm-hmm. With jobs that they hate. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's such a that's such a big question because um My bad. A, no. That's <laughs> okay. There's a lot of um an in there's a lot of internal evaluation that has to happen within that person to figure out what it is that they hate. Is it one particular aspect? Is it all of it? Is it the industry? Is it the shift? Is it their coworkers? Is it themselves i mean all of that they have to look at all of that to decide what is next for them whether it's a a, you know a stay or a go decision um i had a friend of mine give me advice once when i was kind of in that same mindset of i was in a job that i was like you know what i i just don't know if i can do this anymore and i i had had a i had had a, a tough situation where i felt like i had maybe been um, discriminated against to some extent. And, you know, the person said, uh, every job has pros and cons and you have to decide if the pros outweigh the cons. If they don't, then you have to work on lining up something else. Mm. Um, or figuring out how to bring, how to bring change in the job that you currently have. Um, and kind of going into that mental health thing, sometimes it's just a change of attitude You know, um, it it could be a mindfulness practice of thinking about what you're grateful for every day before you walk into the, into your work, Mm. you know, um, those are, you know, that's a simple thing to do. Um, but other times it's just not a good fit, you know, but it's really important to, to, to communicate with management with your peers again um telling them how you're feeling what your what the problems are a lot of times i would say in grant county especially employers um if you're if you're a good person and you're trying to to be at work on a regular basis and um you know you're you're giving it everything you have um they're gonna they're gonna figure out a way to keep you um they don't want you to leave but they don't want you to be miserable either. So, so speaking of employers, how can employers make the work environment better for the for the workers? Because I feel like the culture of a business is a reflection of the owners and management. Mm-hmm. So, if the environment is hostile, probably got hostile management and, and owners. So, how can that like how can work environments be better? Well, um, the first thing is to conduct interviews or surveys. Find out what it is that your employees want and need and what is making them unhappy. Mm. Um, I feel like sometimes employers want to, um, they want to find that, that, that magic thing, whatever that is, and, and say, okay, across the board, this is what works, you know, this, this silver bullet, you know, of like, if we just employ this, then all of our employees will be happy. And it just doesn't work that way. There is not one thing that every employer in Grant County could do that would make all of their employees happy. They have to do what is best for their employees. And if there's multiple facilities potentially, or, you know, 
you might have a, a north branch and a south branch. Those employees might need different things between the two offices. So um, that's where the employee has or the employer has to do research to figure out what it is that their employees want and need and be willing to listen and be willing to change. Don't ask them for advice if you're not going to make changes. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that in the manufacturing industries, which small cities like Marion, Indiana, where we're at, and in Grant County, like a lot of the U.S. is made up of small cities mm-hmm. like this with small businesses and, mm-hmm. or big businesses. And I feel like in factories, warehouses, whatever is manufacturing related, it's not like a professional environment. Right. You're t- yeah, manufacturing is a very unique industry. It's cutthroat. Um, it is. It's like football, it's verbally. It's nonstop, right? Yeah. It's, it, they don't take vacations. They don't take holidays in some in some facilities. Um, they can't always employ the common, uh, trendy workforce um, incentives that other places can. Right? I mean, you can't say, "Yeah, you can have a flexible schedule and we're, you know work remotely." Can't do that in manufacturing. Um, you can't pick and choose, you know, when you come to work because if you're not there, a line shuts down or production decreases, which is money for the employer. So that's where the employer has to get creative. And they have, by, again, by starting with interviews and surveys, they might find out that their, their workforce culture might change or their, it might change simply by adding you know, an extra 15 minute break to the day, or uh, maybe there's something in the line that makes it difficult to stand for eight hours a day, or, um, you know, something's not working well and it slows down production, or, I mean, you know, maybe they need to adjust their shifts to account for working moms, speaking of Mother's Day, you know, <laughs> um, you know, to to have some secondary shifts set up for people who have limited transportation, you know, all of those kind of things. The employers can do that will oftentimes not cost very much money, um, but they have to do what's beneficial for their employees. OK, let's transition to the, the Grant County Economic Growth Council. Um Explain why the organization exists and what it does for mm-hmm. for the community. Yeah, so the Grant County Organiza- uh, Grant County Economic Growth Council has existed since um, 1984. Um, it is an economic development organization, which um, pretty much every town, city, county, at some level, state, region um, will have economic development. So it is the uh, organization that is behind the scenes working to bring businesses to a community okay. at its at its most basic core. That that is its intended purpose. Okay. Um, and so, for the Growth Council, we um, we have five pillars. This is a this is a big part of what I'm doing this year as executive director is talking about those five pillars because the questions that you're asking are not, you know, a a one-off question. People ask, you know, people wonder what in the world does the growth council do anyway um, all the time. So, uh, so the five pillars are business retention and expansion. So that's keeping and growing and helping the companies that are already here. That can be, 
you know, a one-person frequency canvas business that's wanting to expand or get into podcast or whatever it might be, um, all the way up to, you know, a, a 1,000, 2,000 employee operation that maybe needs to um, add some new equipment. So we help them through that process with whatever they need, whether it's contacts, resources, tax abatements, um, and anything in between. Um, the second is attraction. So that's, again, getting to that basic core concept of economic development. So attracting new businesses to the community. Um, that's a very multifaceted part of the, broad, of, of the job because we have to look for opportunities to reach out to what's called a site selector, um, who is kind of like a realtor for, um, for a company mm. that's going, they're searching They're They're the, the company will come to them and say, Hey, we want to expand in the Midwest. We need, uh, we need land that's approximately a hundred acres. And we, um, are going to expand to have 200 employees over the course of five years. We need good water. We need X, you know, X amount of electricity. We need rail service. And so then the site selector is the one that goes about, they do all the research to figure out what part of the country works best for them, what sites, and it kind of narrows down from like a big funnel. Um, so it starts at the state levels and then the state sends it out to all of those local economic development offices those offices respond with sites that might work for the client, and then it goes all the way back through the cycle where the site selector then presents it to the client, and they narrow it, narrow it, narrow it, until they pick, like, usually they pick a top three. And then at that point, that's when they go and they visit each site, and they're in the city for a, a couple of days, and they have lots of meetings with local elected officials, and they want to talk to all the utility folks, and ultimately that's how a decision is made. That's a lot. It's a big, it's a big deal. Um, so then the third one is workforce. And I kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, we do everything from um, job fairs to setting up training, um, workshops, uh, anything that a business needs. They might say, hey, we just hired 10 employees. They all need leadership training. Um, then we can step in and figure out which higher ed institution or, you know, which partner might be able to supply that training for them. Mm. Um, so the fourth is collaboration. That one um, includes all of our local elected officials working with mayors and councils. And uh, I'm doing a lot of that this year too, trying to get to all the different town and city council meetings at least once a quarter um, well, that's not true. Probably once a year, I'll, I'll at least stop in and, in every, uh, in all of the 11 towns and cities to introduce myself and hear what's going on in their community. It's also working with all of the higher ed institutions. Grant County is really lucky to have three. Um, so, uh, working with them and highlighting the work of the students would fall under collaboration as well as anything with any other nonprofits in the area, um, chamber of commerce and community foundation and, Anybody else that needs needs help, that's what we do. And then the last one is entrepreneurship, which you've talked about multiple times. Thank you very much. Um, and, uh, and, and part of that is our investor event and what we do to recognize entrepreneurs. Um, and again, anywhere from, you know, meeting with one person who's like, I have this really crazy idea. What does it take to actually 
turn this into a business. And now I can say, well, I would, I would go listen to Kyron's podcast because (laughs) you talked about that. Um, so anything from that to helping them get more established, maybe it's somebody who's moving from a food truck to an actual business location. And, uh, and so we would help them through that process as well. So, (laughs) cause that's a, that's a whole lot. So on uh, previous episode one, I had Ronnie Morrell Jr. Previous episode right before this, I had Kenan Davis um, and both of them serve in the community, the entrepreneurs, but they sit on boards and just do a lot of stuff in the community. And both of them have touched on progression Mm-hmm. Um, for Grant County, but especially Marion, right? Because Marion is the biggest city. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if Marion does better, then the rest of the county has a chance. Without Marion doing well, Grant County is in trouble. It's it's the we're the biggest city here. So for entrepreneurs that want to come up in Marion, like you said, rather it's small or big, how important is that from like an economic development point? that knew that people at least mm-hmm. attempt to make something happen, even if they fail. Like, Yeah. I mean, there's definitely benefits in failure. So I don't think people should be afraid of that. Um, I know it's hard. I know that a lot of times it's a person's own money that they're investing and they don't want it to fail. Um, but it's, it's hard. It's hard being an entrepreneur. I've never been one, but I've been around a lot of them. <laughs> And I know how hard it is and I know how independent entrepreneurs are and how they're so passionate about what they love. And, um, uh, and, and and I would say that's maybe another, another, um, point to add to what, to your podcast, you talked about three, um, three things you needed to be an entrepreneur. I would say the fourth is, is passion because, um, if you don't have passion, you're going to burn out so fast from trying to start, right? I'm sure you could tell stories about that. Yeah, but passion without drive and execution is pointless, though. Right, and passion and drive, hmm, there might be some some overlap there, you know. For sure, but, but you see um, a lot of people who have passion about something. Sure. Maybe about that craft, but not yeah. business, you yeah. know. Yeah, so, like, I'll give a perfect example with um, the Parkers who are starting Parker's Seafood Kitchen. Um, and they have their grand opening on Saturday. Um, Saturday, what day is that? Seventh, May seventh at right. noon. Okay, <laughs> here in Marion on Branson Street. Um, but that project came to be because of passion. Now they had they had something that nobody else was offering. They, um, I'm trying to remember what your other two were. Um, Spending time. Uh, Step two. So step one was identifying the skill set. Yeah. Step so two was that. making it a learned profession. And then three was yeah. turning it into a legitimate so then, business. Yeah. So then with the second one, I mean, they, they were they were making seafood for friends and family out of their house. And people were just, you know, they just couldn't get enough of it. So, okay, now you've just went from a hobby of cooking your favorite food because it's your favorite to turning it into something that people want. Right. And then... um and then the third one is, what was the third one again? Starting it, making it Making legitimate. it happen. Yeah. And I tell you, she, that couple has slowly gone through every step of the process, willing to walk away if they needed to. 
and every door has opened in the timing that it needed to open to make this what it is now and getting ready to to have a grand opening in a restaurant um and i don't know if that would have happened without passion okay you know passion is huge but you do have to have drive because if you don't have the drive every time a door closes you're going to feel like you can give up so i mean to answer your question um entrepreneurship is huge it's huge in every community it's what creates vibrancy you know it's it's what it's what brings in variety right um if we just had now some people would say well you know it's the large employers that hold the community together True, based on tax revenue, those large companies are going to bring in a lot of money to a community. But we need small business owners who want to step out and try something new. It's people like you who are bringing a totally new industry to Marion and Grant County, potentially. Um, You have an opportunity to introduce out-of-state, out-of-town folks to marion and grant county by what you do and that's what small business owners bring to the table so it's definitely worth people stepping out trying you would say well worth it is uh i don't know that sounds lackadaisical i guess to me it if if the person can do what you said that they can do as a foundation to starting a business um and they're willing to put in the hard work and to stick with it and they have the resources to do it it's definitely beneficial to your community to to step into that well people i think a lot of people i think there's people with potential but fear fear is huge fear will paralyze your absolutely your, your dreams i feel a- like absolutely absolutely and sometimes there's not a solution to that they just have to work through it um and they may not see the worth for a lot of years, you know, but if they can, if they can, um, really kind of dig in, um, and obviously they still, there needs to be a, a big dose of reality in there too, because you can dig in and then find out, you know what, there's five other people doing what I do, or, you know what, this really isn't working because I didn't think of whatever. Um, that's where that failure part comes in, where sometimes you do just have to say, you know what, I gave it a try, but it's not the right time. Um, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't worth the investment and, and the effort and lesson learned. You move on and you try something else. Okay. <laughs> the other button don't never yeah, get you, old. You like that button. Right? I, I like it. So wrapping up, what are some advices that you would give to I would say women in general, but moms in the professional who who desire to be like in the professional world. You may have moms in warehouses, factory, and they like I, I want to be a director. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to whatever because I know that women that's a whole minority struggle right. within itself. So I know that's kind of a broad, big question. But what would your advice in general be? Yeah, I mean, I think I think women especially moms, I would say, tend to always put themselves last. They're always going to put their their children and their family first, at least from what I've seen. Um, And so if 
sometimes life doesn't allow for a woman to put her dreams first all the time. It just, it's just not possible when you're raising children or you have a spouse or a partner or whatever it is. So for those women who are working in manufacturing or they're working in a job that they hate regardless of what industry that is, um, I think the, the big thing to do is to figure out what your goal is and to keep taking steps as you're able. You know, I mean, I waited 20 years to go back to school because it just wasn't possible for me to do that before. Um, and so, there it is again. Um, so I would just say to just map it out as best as you can and to take little steps when you're able. And just know that those years raising children and sacrificing are not for the right phrase they're not for nothing you know um, where you are might be where you need to be for the time being but um, you know set some goals for yourself communicate with your boss tell them what your goals are tell them you know you might have a desire to be a manager someday what what does it take for me to get to that here or um, I really want to learn such and such skill you know, um, I like working here. I really want to learn this skill. Would you consider paying for me to take this class because it'll help my family in the long run? Um, communicate and stick with it as best as you're able. Speak up for yourself. You know, don't don't feel like you have to cower in the corner or you have to um, make any additional sacrifices. Your family is first. Put them first, and um, and do what you can to move your goals forward when you're able to. <laughs> well, Ted, we I appreciate you coming on here for episode number five. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, thank you. Five, you know, I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to say to everybody, Happy Mother's Day! Happy yes, Early Mother's happy Day! Mother's Day. This will be released before Mother's Day, and uh, mental health mental awareness. Health awareness. Yeah. So, uh, shout out and salute to everybody working in the mental health psychology. Yep. Feels I never know what to really uh, call it. There's so many terms that you know. Yeah, I think mental health is a is a good general umbrella. Okay. For that industry. Well, salute to everybody that works in uh, mental health uh, industries as well. And uh, yeah. Thanks, Kyron. We got Charity Bailey, the economic director of the the executive director of the Economic Growth Council here in Grant County. So we appreciate having you. Thanks. All right. See y'all next time.